Thought Bubble Audio. Hi and welcome to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk about the CW's hit TV show, Supergirl. I'm Frank, and with me, as always, is my long-lost dad, Tim! Frank, I don't believe that you are my son. <laughs> that's that's good, because I'm not. But you are the one true king. <laughs> <laughs> this is my son, oh. the one true king. Hi! Hi! <laughs> It's me. It's a me. <laughs> I thought you were going for a Lion King thing where you were going to be like, oh, it, lasts, it goes all the way to where the shadow I would, Oh, I touches. was going to go for it. I was gonna, well, that was a Lion King quote. I, yeah, just, yeah. I just didn't continue with that. I thought you were going like, all the way there. Our kingdom is everything the light touches. And because we are on Mars, what, the that curtains? is everything. No, not the curtains. <laughs> all of this will be yours. <laughs> what, the curtains? No, no not, not the, the curtains. curtains. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Supergirl. What are you doing over here? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so... You guys, you guys have been emailing us up a storm, and I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, it has been increasingly harder and harder to to pick which emails uh, that we should that we should read. So I want to thank you all for being so great and and sending us so much feedback because we love your feedback. Um, I'm going to read one here. That this came into us at SupergirlTVTalk at gmail dot com. This one comes from Ross. Uh, and Ross says, um, you know, that, that the, as, as we know, the visual effects keep getting better and better and things, um, especially Kara's flashback to Krypton last week looked like a VR game. I think we said that too. Mm-hmm. Like I would love VR experience of that. Yep. Um, did nobody at Catco notice the hole in the elevator roof or the top of the building? That's, what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> nor was it addressed this week. No, it wasn't. Was it? Oh man. Um, yeah, and then he also raises Ross raises another thing. Uh, Maggie's pause when Alex brought up the subject of having kids. Mm-hmm. You know, she said, "I can't. I never saw myself being a mom." But Ross says, "I totally read that as Maggie hiding the fact that she already has a daughter in the show, like she does in the comics." Could oh. they introduce Maggie's daughter Jamie into the show at some point? Ooh, good question. I'm. I don't think so. Maybe, but if the whole, but if we, as we've been saying, the whole point of. The whole point of this conversation is that they kind of maybe break up amicably. Mm. Um, is like that you know, finally she's not going to return, you know, as as we know it. So I would say no because you wouldn't want to introduce a connection to Maggie if you're trying to like kind of usher that character off the right, show right. because the because the actress doesn't want to return. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, I think I agree with you, but that, that I do like where Ross's head is at. Mm-hmm. I like that. That did not occur to me. Um, that's, that's a relationship that I'm like sort of only vaguely aware of that she has a daughter. Sure. Um, so I, when he said that, I was like, oh, that's right. That was a thing. Um, so yeah, I like, I like that idea, Ross. Um, and that would be, you know, th- there could be a workaround to what you're saying, Tim, but mm. I, I, I think it's I think it's interesting anyway. So thank you, Ross. Michelle writes. So am I the only one that sees a little spark between Lena and James? No, we've it's also well documented on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that there was a little bit of something there mm-hmm. that, that could be could be a little bit of a power dynamic, could, a little bit of a, a attraction, l- a little bit of attraction dynamic. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she also says, I really appreciated them touching on Kara's time in the pod. That had to be such a traumatic experience, watching your planet, your family, your friends explode, and then just floating through space and time all alone. Melissa did a wonderful job portraying the anxiety attacks and the mm. flood of memories. Um, yeah, I, I saw a lot of people give that same feedback on Twitter and, and places like that. Um, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people who have struggled with things like anxiety and, and depression and, mm-hmm. and all sorts of mental um, illness and, and things like that ha- have been very outspoken fans of this show Definitely. because of the way they address those sorts of issues um, and the respect and uh, realism with which they, they treat those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, and I think that, that Kara's um, panic attack was no exception there. Um, if anything, it was, you know, a continuation of that. So I, I think a lot of people, um, I think a lot, I saw a lot of comments about that. And I, I think that uh, Michelle is not alone in, in saying that. Um, we have one from Cloud. Cloud says, enjoying the podcast as usual, just a quick question about triggers. At the beginning of the episode, they were showing everyone waking up and going about their morning routines. Remember mm-hmm. that? Uh, was that a big bowl of ice cream car I was having for breakfast? <laughs> Hashtag superhero perks. Great question. I don't know. I, I didn't know. go back to rewatch it. I need to go back and rewatch that. I did notice some some people um, uh, on, on social media, on Tumblr in particular, did some really nice parallels showing what the morning routine, what Kara's morning routine was like with and without Monel. Oh. And and it's funny because they really they really showed a lot of the same things. Remember the episode where she wakes up and he's making her breakfast and she gets excited about bacon yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. They did some really I didn't really realize they were mirroring that same that that episode. Like the, she went through the same paces of she goes into the kitchen, but like it's dark and it's lonely and there's nothing there, as opposed to ah yeah. bacon. And like she uh, is is you know sitting there at the table alone and like it's 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 a lot of the same camera angles, a lot of the same elements of her morning routine. There was consistency there between you know that episode late last season and this episode. Um, and and only when I saw them side by side did I realize, wow, they literally did like a shot for shot remake almost of that, but showing how empty her life is now without Monel. That's crazy. I love that. I love that. I love that. Love so that. was it ice cream? Very well could have been because that would be like, what's the opposite of someone you love making you a, a delicious, nutritious breakfast? You just being like, eh, screw it. I'm just going to eat ice cream. That would be the, the polar opposite of that. Is, that, <laughs> that, that is the opposite. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, thank you, Cloud, for that because that was, uh, that reminded me of something that was, uh, that was very much, very much worth talking about. So um, I think we'll I think we'll leave it there for now. So many more emails uh, that I think we're going to get into next week. But thank you everyone who wrote into us. Continue to write into us because we absolutely love reading these notes. Um, keep it up at SupergirlTVTalk at gmail dot com, and uh, we will get to them. Um, all right. So. Before we go any further, I just want to say a quick word of thanks to all of you who have been supporting us at patreon.com slash audio. You guys are the lifeblood uh, of our listenership. We love you guys so much. And if you haven't supported us yet, that's perfectly okay. We love you anyway. Uh, if you want to get on board for as little as a buck a month, you can make this show happen. You can make Beer with Geeks happen. You can make uh, Academy Rewind happen. You'll be supporting the network. And you'll be getting in exchange things like my Supergirl TV Talk first reactions within like you within thirty minutes of of a Supergirl episode ending on the on the East Coast this uh, this week it was like at like nine twenty six I had it up um, and it's just a little quick something to hold you over until this podcast comes out uh, but I give you my my live first thoughts 
raw, unfiltered, everything that's rushing through my brain uh, as the uh, as the episode ends. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun, and I'm able to do it because you guys support us. Uh, we have uh, it's also a place to get advanced episodes of Beer with Geeks and of Academy Rewind. Um, and uh, if you're a fan of of the podcast that Tim and I. Uh, uh, put out there um, it's it's a great way to support us so we really appreciate everyone who's done that and, and if you if you can't or you haven't um, we still love you uh, and uh, we, we encourage you to check it out if you have a chance so Thought Bubble Audio uh, on Patreon it means the world to us so thank you thank you thank you so much alright Little Blue Book let's crack it on open Little, little Blue Book take a look inside at what's happening this week S- you're, kind of, Please, it kind sir. of went into a Michael Caine. Please, sir, I want some more. It was a little more Russell Brand, I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, a little bit. You can do that the whole episode if you, you want. It won't get off. It won't blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> it's like Russell Brand in that role just doesn't have the same <laughs> kind of impact. Uh, Supergirl season three, episode three, uh, three, Far from the Tree, first premiering on ten twenty three seventeen. Directed by Dermot Downs, written by Jessica Keeler and Derek Simon. Mm-mm-mm. We open with a new intro. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about this intro for a second? She, um, it's a brand new montage. Of, yeah. It's a brand new, mon- new montage of seeing some stuff from some stuff from season one and two. Some stuff that maybe could be um, could be important later, such as her dialogue where she says. I'm. My name is Carl Zorel. I'm an alien refugee. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost sounds like she's for swearing her, but uh, being raised by being raised by humans. Oh, uh, I didn't really think about it that way. That's I, what it sounded like to me. I, I don't want to see you reading too much into it. I took I took it as. They were making a little bit of a political statement on on refugees. I definitely, I and definitely, on, I definitely took that away from it as but well. But I only took that. I didn't, I didn't take it as anything deeper. But maybe I was not looking at it deeply enough. Yeah, I kind of, I mean, she's she's still kind of in that, um, she's still kind of in that zone of of ditching the human side. You know, she's not quite okay. You got a fair point there. You know, she's you not quite out. So I thought it was interesting. I think even the way that she r- delivered the intro, you know, it, it's I don't want, it's not flat. That's not the like it, you know, but it wasn't like I'm Cara It Zorrell. wasn't cheerful. It yeah. wasn't cheerful. Yeah. It was it was a little somber, I guess. Yeah. Um and and it and it kind of pepped as it went on, but that beginning portion was somber and I'm not sure if that's because of just the 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 content, uh, you know the you know if they're making the political statement about refugees, or if that's um, or if that's about um, or if that's about her on the show. If it's about her on the show, if that's the new intro, that means that we're going to be dealing with her struggle with you know her yeah with her feeling like she lost humanity because yeah. you know um. We're going to be dealing with that longer than than we thought we would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it, it's probably going to be most of the season that we're going to deal with it. It's interesting because I don't think in episodes one and two we didn't get a I am Cars RL mm. at all. Did we get it on the Flash or Arrow the, these last couple of weeks? I can't remember. I didn't notice. Uh, Arrow definitely. Arrow has did. One. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if Flash does right now. I'm not sure if we had it in the first. I'm not of sure. I'm not sure. Um, I've only seen up to episode two at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure if it happens in episode three, but um, we we so we got that back. I was wondering if if that was just going to be gone if they were if they were walking away from the the Berlanti shows are all it's all it's kind of a joke about the Berlanti shows how they all start with I am insert character here and right. I am, and this is my identity. Um, I like it. I like it too. I like it too. It's like it, a comic book. It is. It reads like like the first page, like rocketed to Earth and the Dune planet. That's on, right. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It, it reads like that. Um, and so I, I appreciate it for that reason. I thought they were walking away from it. And I was like, all right, maybe they feel like the shows have matured to a point where they don't want to do that anymore. Sure. For the same reason why it gets cut out of comic books sometimes, where it's like, well, we don't want to waste the page doing that. So we'll, right. But but uh, they they brought it back. So I was it was interesting. Yes, it was a very different tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I rather enjoyed it. So yeah yeah. Okay. So uh, we we open with uh, the bridal shower or the the getting ready for the bridal shower, um, what they call the lesbian bridal shower of Alex and yes. Maggie, um, and they are duly freaking out about Eliza and how she's taking everything far too seriously. Yes, which I got very excited because I didn't know Eliza was going to be in this episode. So when she, um, so when they mentioned her name, I was like, <gasps> Eliza, yeah, Eliza's coming. Eliza. Eliza. Yeah. Um but there's a knock at the door and it's not it's not Eliza, Frank. It's it's the Martian Manhunter. It's Jean. It's Jean. It's Jean himself. Um with some disturbing news. That he Magan, I gotta go. I Magan has come to see him and he's he's gotta go. He gotta he's gotta go. go to Mars and and then Alex is like, Well, Car is going with you. Yeah. And I kinda love that she was she just volunteers like, her. She I like that Car was like, That's right, I'm going. Not yeah. like what? The, but the but the shower yeah. <laughs> I can't go to Mars I'm busy yeah doing things right I right. can't be there for John I like that she stepped forward she says my battles or your battles are my battles you know yeah, if I yeah, was yeah. going to you know um if I was going anywhere you'd be there for me so I'm there for you and he's like I accept that mostly because your name is the title of the show and you have to come with me for things because you're the player here right right um I was really enjoying that conversation that Kara and Alex were having um, before he before he showed up. Um, just I, I I just have been loving their dynamic, kind of being back at the forefront of things mm-hmm. again. Yeah, because I was missing. It, basically, once Maggie showed up, the Alex Alex's mm-hmm. time was on on screen was was at least shown to us more of her time with Maggie. So it's been nice to have yep. a balance again mm-hmm. of, of her time with, with uh, Kara. Yep. And yeah, when she's just sort of like, oh yeah, Kara will go with you. Won't you, Kara? <laughs> what? Where without, am I going? Without hesitating. Yeah. She's like, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. You do it for me. Let's yeah. go. I didn't want to be here for the stupid shower anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Because that's a human thing. Um, and even and he's no. even like, no, yeah, I can't take your sister away. You know, I can't do this during your shower. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, hey, if I, I was even like, if I could go, I would. I don't want to be here for the shower right. either. <laughs> if I could ditch Maggie, I would. I would be so there. I'd be so on Mars if I could survive. <laughs> um, so, so they go to Jean's. They go to Jean's car, which is which is a very nice antique car. Yes, that is a shape shifting car, mm-hmm. which is super fun and cool and um and everything and everything like that. My question is if it's a shape-shifting car mm-hmm. it's a tortoise yeah basically can it travel the time that's my question no it cannot then, it, then it'd be a tortoise then it cannot um um though there might have been a doctor who reference in this show a little later which i'll talk about which i'll ask you about um my question is if it's a shape-shifting car why does he settle on an antique car like that like a classic car why not 
because it looks awesome. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. But like, what was it? He's been on Earth for a long time, right? Sure. What was it before that classic car? Well, let's think about this because we actually do. We know what year he arrived on. Do we? What year is it? Because <laughs> maybe he arrived fifty years ago. Is that possible? Like, I mean, like, no, it's been longer than that. It's been like a couple hundred years. Yeah, but do we know he's been on Earth that whole time? I, well, that's season one, man. I know. I'm. I'm trying to. That's reaching back to like episode seven I of season he's, one. He. I'm pretty sure he's been on Earth a long time. <sighs> Maybe, but I can't. Re- no, now, 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 with the the cracks in our yeah knowledge yeah. of altering. Uh, if I've someone got other things on my brain, Frank. If somebody, yeah, you got to watch fifty movies a week for Academy Rewind. I got to um, watch fifty movies a week for Academy Rewind. If anybody wants to, if anybody remembers, um, go ahead and, and let us know. SupergirlTVTalk at gmail We sincerely want to remember, um, how long he's been, how long he's been on Earth. Um, but it could be, you know, it could be just as simple as he likes that car, or maybe the last time he used that ship. Was when that car was in was in style. Mm. You know, maybe the last time he he that's what I'm took thinking. That, took it took, took it out it. for a spin was fifty years ago. Yeah, maybe. Either way, it's a nice car, beautiful car. He makes a great point though. He's like, "We're shapeshifters. Why wouldn't our technology shapeshift?" And she's I, like, "Yep, I, well, it seems legit." Yep, that was the audience in that moment, and me head nodding is everyone going, "Makes sense." Yep, makes Checks total out. sense. Checks out. Um, so Eliza, Eliza is there at the the bridal shower. And uh, we learn some a little bit more backstory about about Maggie, mm. right? We know that her, you know, she has no contact with her parents because she because she's gay. But we get a bit of story on that that she's fourteen. You know, when we um, when her parents found out, her dad just said, "You shame me," mm-hmm. and that was the last thing he said to her, and dropped her off on the street at her aunt's house. Heartbreaking, and that's the last thing that he said to her was. Heartbreaking. This this is probably her best episode. Acting, yes, acting. It, it was yes. Oh yeah, Floriana Lima's acting was unbelievable, and and later on we'll get to to like the, the height of it. But this was she was so vulnerable and so emotional, and she just had so many scenes that were full of just dripping with emotion, and and you know this stuff really happens. It really happens, um, and I, I thought the story was told beautifully, if if extremely sadly. Oh, extremely sadly, Extro- extremely sad. It's so sad. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's uh, let's go back to this. Yeah. So, um, so we are. Then we hop back to, um, we hop back to Mars, which I thought was some very nice establishing shots of Mars. Um, speaking of, you know, yeah. Um, CG on TV. It was it was good. I was looking for Matt Damon. I was too. Yeah. He wasn't there. No, I was pretty bummed. He could be. Some... I guess that's in the future, though. So you know, um, that is in the Matt f- Damon's in the future. I guess and that would be the future. Like for, yeah, where they are. So another time. Hmm. So they fi- so so Jean is reunited with Magan, and she has this co- cohort of she has this cohort of white Martians, mm-hmm. and they kept calling them whites. Yeah. Has that is that from comics where they just call them whites? I, I've never. I don't know that I've read a story that involves the white Martians fighting the green Martians. Um, so I've never seen that shorthand. I have, but I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if that was based in comics or not, but it was cool. Uh, it was cool to see that group of white Martians that were like the resistance. Yep. Who were fighting against the oppression of the their their fellow white Martians. It was cool. One of them is actually the the kind of the main one that's not Magan. Yeah. Um, Till all uh, is is a comic character. Oh, nice. Yeah, he I comes from. 
he's pretty recent, 2006. So he's just about 10 years old, oh, wow, 10, yeah. 11 years old. Comes from Martian Manhunter, um, um, number two of volume three okay. of of his other stories. Um, and so he was at least one of 10 white Martian refugees who crashed on Earth. Oh. Um, and he believed himself to be a green Martian while there. Oh. And he was, you know, captured and he kind of reaches out to Jean Jones because of the telepathy and stuff and sure. Well, um, whatever else, but he had the most difficult adjustment, you know, being the youngest. Um, and so he blames Jean for his father's death and becomes uh. consumed by rage. And John's eventually able to calm him down and all that and so on and so forth. So it's a quite a different it's quite in a different yeah, origin. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's cool that it's cool to see um it's cool to see them like that's a really deep pull. It is. You know, and but they it didn't is. bother to just make up some name, you know, they, they really went for they it. They went for the canon. Yeah. The canon and, and sure they they changed uh, some characteristics, uh, you know, basically just kept the name, but um I like that. I like if they went there. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Um, so so they all meet up, and it turns out there's still, a, you know, it, they say there's one green Martian. There's one green Martian left, and that turns out to be Jean's father, which is why he gets why he gets called yep. in in the first place. Myron. Myron Jones. Myron Jones. You know what was weird to me about that? It's not um, alliteration. Yeah, that's true. Magan yeah. uh, Moraz and yeah. John Jones, Jones and Myron. Myron. But Myron it is Jones. a name that sounds like a human, you know, Myron Jones. Myron. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Played by let's Carl talk, Lumbly. Carl Lumbly, the voice of the Martian Manhunter uh, from the Justice League cartoon and Justice League Unlimited from the early two thousands. What I loved more particularly, not only just having him on screen like that, his the character design for his face. Was oh. classic Martian Manhunter. Yes, yes, it was. He had he had a larger ridged forehead that yes. kind of jutted out a bit. His eyes were quite large and red, and he he looked like the Martian Manhunter brought to life. He did, he and did. so it was so cool to hear his voice with that design. So cool, so incredibly cool that that very familiar voice that we we grew up with. Um, so, uh, just like it was, it was like that design from the the Bruce Timm series brought to life, um, and the motion capture on all of them. Like mm-hmm. this was an expensive episode. Yeah, very. This was a very expensive episode. Um, probably uh, near the level of a premiere or finale. Like like they they pulled out the stops for this because you had multiple multiple motion capture characters having conversations mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, and sure, they did have them take human form. And they explained it with that, like, oh, well, it's our You're custom. Right, it's our custom to take the form of the guests. Right. Um, but, which didn't really make sense when you, th- if he thought that Jean was a white Martian, then why, but whatever. Um, I guess he's still, he's just very nice guy. Yeah. Just, just overly polite. He's overly polite. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was, even though they went, they went there for, to, for cost cutting, obviously, um, it still was incredibly cool to see those characters talking to one another, and it looked great. Like it, it for for a TV budget on the CW, especially, it looked really, really great, and I was really, really happy about it. And I was geeking out a lot because there were a bunch of Martians 
on my TV. On your TV. I had just watched Star Trek Discovery a yep. couple hours earlier. Oh, I watched it right after the I actually yeah. that's funny. So I was like in that sort of sci-fi headspace of mm-hmm. like there's all the Klingons and everything and now here's the Martians. Maybe that's why I enjoyed that episode of Discovery so much based because I watched oh, sure. the Supergirl episode first. Sure. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah. Um So anyway, so we we learn about the staff of Kalar. Which is a psych, a psych, the psychic weapon of Hranmir, which is another deep cut. Yeah, uh, another deep cut um, comics thing, first appearing in the first issue of Martian Manhunter's 1998 solo series. I well, I was stuck in the nineties recently. I don't know why. Hranmir um, <laughs> uh, first appeared in that first issue, and um, basically, Jean's having these hallucinations, so he goes to Batman for help. And they're of Ronmir, which is the Martian death god. Um, and there's so some ba- there's some battling there, and there's this stuff about Ronmir's curse, which which is what killed all the green Martians on the right. planet. So this whole big thing. But it, like again, super cool to super super cool oh my God, to yeah. have that to have so that pop up. Was Myron like a priest of he Ronmir? Was, he was. Or he, just very religious. He was the high priest. The high priest. He was the Pope okay. of Rodmir. Got it. Yeah. Okay. He you don't get any you don't get any more religious than Myron. MJ as I took to calling him <laughs> in my notes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Love that. Because I don't want to keep writing Jean or Magana yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so I call them M M or J J oh, or sure, whatever, sure. just to keep the shorthand. So he became MJ as <laughs> it, as it went on. As they were explaining, like, we have to get the staff before they get the staff because it's a psychic weapon over and I'm just like Supergirl and the Raiders of the Lost yes, Ark. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. slash Last Crusade because yes. of the dad connection. Because of the, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh. That's because like dad knows where it is and that's why they're after him. Right. And I'm like, oh, so Last Crusade. So Last Crusade. But, but you need a staff. So the Raiders. So Raiders. So yeah. And I was kind of hoping we'd get more like it would kind of go more in that yeah, direction. Yeah, like it kind of stopped. Walk out there. wearing like a fedora and cracking a whip. Yeah, just like <laughs> snakes. I've always wanted to go into the desert wearing this. <laughs> Why, Jean? No reason whatsoever. <laughs> Bad dates. Bad dates. What? Nothing. What? Nothing. We don't have dates on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go away now. <laughs> um, I which I so I was I was on board for I was on board for all of that. Um, we're also told here. I liked this quote, so I wrote it down. Um. I think it was by Alex. Parents can do really stupid. Parents can be really stupid when they're up against things they don't understand. Yeah. Um, which I, which I, so that line to me set up this. You know, the, this was a rather obvious parallel story, right? Yes. We're both dealing yeah, yeah. with it. Both, We're both dealing with fathers and things they don't understand. MJ doesn't believe that his son is alive because, quote unquote, his son would never leave. Right, right. His son would not do that. Which was, so when John goes into MJ and he's like, Father, it's me, I'm alive, I I escaped, and I ran away, but I'm back. He was like, oh, you think I'm going to believe you, you white Martian? Like, this is like the lowest thing you've done, trying to pretend to be my yeah, son. Yeah, you've held me for 200, 200 years. years. So Jean has been on Earth for like 200 years. Oh, he's been on Earth all the time. He doesn't know he's been away from Mars for 200 years, is all I'm saying. Oh, sure. Okay. I, I knew it was 200 year gap there, but I don't know if he's been on Earth the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yes, it's been 200 understand. years since the since the the war really was at His spaceship was just a big wooden horse up until the car, in the invention of the car. <laughs> this is this is my horse. <laughs> this is my horse. Um, Patsy. Patsy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but so... <laughs> he... Um, 
he thinks that he's a white Martian. He, and and the, the, the final twist of the knife is, I know you're not my son because my son would not have run away. Which yep. is just oh, the most painful thing John could have could have heard in that moment. But yes, it was about fathers. The episode, they, the fathers, the relationships with fathers was definitely the theme. Yeah. Um, and I will hold on what I wanted to say until later, until it's more appropriate in the timeline. Okay, great. Um, Maggie, kind of with the prompting of Alex, they kind of have this conversation, and they're like, "Hey, maybe you should invite." Dad, not mm-hmm. mom, just dad. Just dad. No, invite your parents. Apparently. Invite your parents. Um, you know, do you talk? Well, was that you talk to them? Blah blah blah. All this stuff, and it kind of gets in Maggie's head, and so she, so she's lying awake and decides to call dad. And actually, this was one of the things. This phone conversation was one of the reasons I was like, "Wow, what a good actress yeah. you are!" Yeah, because it, it one, it's hard to act on the phone oh, because sure. you're not reacting to anything, and so it's just all you, and so. I love that we learned a couple of things. Like one that Tia, you know, aunt, aunt. Um, has been. Um, it's sometimes it's very obvious that you are from New York, and I'm not because you always call them ants. Oh is yeah, a, which yeah. is a New York thing, right? Yeah, or at least not a not, not a New ma- England not a New England thing. New England's aunt, yeah. their aunt. Unless unless aunt sounds better with the name. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, then you can switch to aunt, but otherwise your aunt because it's an AU sound. Okay, we're not going to go down that yeah, road. Okay. Right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. They're not a tiny little thing you kill in the kitchen, Frank. It's not a center for aunts. This is not a center. <laughs> what would a center for aunts be like? I just picture like a room full of women on Facebook. <laughs> oh, look at look at what they're doing now. <laughs> Abner, look at what your nephew's doing over here. <laughs> I don't know. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. And scene. And scene. Uh, anyway. Um so she calls in. So like, dad has been keeping a, a like abreast of her life through yeah through through, through her aunt through his sister, which well, presumably are, his sister, I guess. Right, I would assume. Which is which I, which tells you something about him. Yeah, they were planting. They were throughout the whole episode. Even, even when we met him, even when he gave his little speech, his little monologue, he's not an a thoroughly bad person. Nope, he's a very flawed person with some very terrible views, but he's a conflicted human being with good and bad. He's a more complex person, and they were maybe a little heavy-handed about it, but but I uh, I enjoyed this storytelling, this type of storytelling mm-hmm. where they showed somebody who had good and bad, e- even if it was extremely bad, um, who had good and bad sides. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I do have a, a slight confession. I remembered... Months and months and months. I remember months and months and months ago reading that Danny Trejo was going to be... Carlos Bernard. Can I finish? Oh, okay. Was going to be the father of a character on a CW show. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, oh, it must be... It's like, it's... it's it's this Like, is it. I had... This is Maggie. Right. Even though I knew it was... Even, like, in the back of my mind, I knew it was actually Gypsy on the Flash. Oh, got it. Okay. But okay. for whatever reason, for this episode, I was like, oh, Danny Trejo's gonna be here. And Carlos Bernard steps off the bus. <laughs> and I was like, who what? is that handsome man? You're not man? Danny Trejo. <laughs> You're not Danny Trejo. <laughs> Andy, okay. You don't look okay. anything like Danny All right. Trejo. All right. I was like, oh, I gotta stop this before he says the wrong name again? <laughs> no. No, no, no. I knew what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, I knew what I was saying. I just had it in my mind that because yes, both because yes. both of those fathers I knew were like coming soon. Yes, and yes. so like I just had it in my mind that it was Supergirl and not the Flash. Yeah, and so when Carlos Bernard stepped off the bus, I was like, "Huh? You're not what's Tony from Twenty Four doing here?" Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, 
anyway, um, so she invites him to she invites him to the party, um, yeah, which I you know it's a that's a huge huge yeah, step. They haven't spoken since she was fourteen, and now she's saying, "Hey, I'm getting married. I would love it if you came." Right. It's a solid twenty ish. Probably, yeah. I'd say, yeah, yeah. Um, nuts. So, Jean continually tries to reach, um, continually tries to reach, um, MJ. Mm-hmm. Um, a side note: I thought it was real fun to see Jean and Supergirl in a cave again. Yeah, because we was. haven't seen that in a while. Like the old DEO. like the old days. Yeah. I kind of wish that some like one would turn around and be like. Ah, remember when we used to hang out in a cave? <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Yeah. I miss working in a cave. This is my natural habitat. I like it. Yeah, this is nice. This is nice. No wonder his no wonder the base was in a cave. Right? Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it was it was definitely there before he became Hank Henshaw, as we saw in season as sure, we saw in sure, season sure, one but... that the cave was already exist. But no wonder he liked it so much. Yeah, exactly. Um So Maggie's dad comes to the city. And it's also important to note that he follows up on all of her cop cases. Yeah, he's been Googling her and, and he, he like so not only is he abreast of like what she's doing in her personal life, really, mm-hmm. but he also knows what she's doing in her professional life. Like that's a man who actually still loves his yes. daughter. And she still loves him. She still she like Alex even says, like, wow, the way you talk about him, you know, it sounds like you really love him. And and Maggie says something to the effect of, you know, like he didn't have a perfect life and you know, he he was basically he's 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 a basically good person who's who she still loves because he she he's still her dad. Um, again, I like that conflict and that it's not so clean cut. It's not like oh, you know, he's a villain because he's bad or or he's he's all good because he's a father. And you know, we we see that in you know uh, um, Jeremiah where he's he's a very sort of shady character, but at the end of the day, he loves his his girls. But this is a little different. This is a little more relatable, I thought, because like, he's not like, oh, I'm aiding and abetting some like super villain organization, but really I'm doing it because I love my family. This is a little mm-hmm. bit more of a relatable, like, I think we all know this person, this person who like, he's a good guy, he's a family guy, he's dealt with his own share of adversity, and yet somehow he's he's bigoted in his own ways. We all know that person yep, who is like a walking, talking contradiction. How can you have that? point of view when you've known adversity you've known discrimination how can you possibly be like this but we just those, those people exist we all know them yep um and and in many cases we all know them and, and love them like there might be people in our families and that's why we don't talk to uncle so-and-so at thanksgiving about these topics or whatever you know that's like, right um but um i i really appreciated how how real that he, he felt yep i agree he did feel very real and yeah. we'll get to even even there's a scene I think in which I think he is very real. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we know going back to Mars, we know that, uh, uh, Phobos, is that how I want to say that? I'm gonna say that. Sure. Phobos chose the staff, um, which became the first and that in Phobos became the first white Martian. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get, I'm going to get some, I'm going to get some, um, astronomer on you. Okay. Oh, I'm going okay. to go astronomy hit on me. you. Okay. Phobos, yes, is one of the constant satellites or moons uh-huh. of Mars. Yes, yes, yes. That moon is white. Okay, oh. Phobos becomes the first white Martian. Okay, okay. Fun fact. That's fun. Also, 
Let's continue on that little trend. Okay. Phobos is also the personification of fear in Greek mythology, oh. right? Phobos, phobia, white Martians, to be feared, scary monsters. Am I get you? Also, yeah. let's continue on. Okay. Let's keep going. Okay. Phobos is the offspring of Aphrodite and Ares. What's Ares? Uh, Mars, the god, the of, god war. of war. Uh, uh, the satellite. Look at that. The offspring of 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 Mars. Of Mars. Also in real life because satellite, you know. Beautiful. Isn't Beautiful. that Isn't that well amazing? Done. Well done. Bravo. Bravo. Sir. Thank you. I just put those dots together. I didn't write any of that, obviously. That is amazing. Well done. I'm so proud. That's uh, that's incredible. Professor Professor Tim's corner. Yay. Yeah. In college I took uh I took a class called Planets, Moons and Alien Life. Ooh, I would have been all over that. Except that the alien life was the last day of the course and ah. the professor basically said, Nah, probably not. <laughs> 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 and everyone was like, Ooh, oh, what a tease. <laughs> <laughs> you tricked me. You tricked me, sir. I took this class at eight a.m. Monday through <laughs> oh, like no. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. For, oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. I know it was like a twenty-minute walk from my building too. It oh. was the worst. My college roommate and I took it together, and we used to sing "Eye of the Tiger" walking up the hill <laughs> to the science building to get us pumped for class because so it was funny. so early. Oh, oh man. It's funny that like oh eight a.m. class this is so terrible I'm at work be- at, I was gonna say be- yeah like like a half an hour yeah, but when you're in college that. that's early that's, oh it's so know. early I know it's crazy what a what a privileged life college is seriously um oh my god I'm like I'm so hard I have this paper to write uh, shut up it's, yeah. not, like, it's not the real world um anyway um MJ uh takes the form of Carl Lumbly yes yeah. uh which is great. Absolutely. So, Jean and Supergirl decide um, basically kidnap MJ from the um, from the um, resistant yes. white Martians uh, and take him home, uh, take him back to Jean's home mm-hmm. because the uh, the the some of the white Martians want to. What would you say? Like force him to tell him where the staff is? Yeah. By not so desirable methods, maybe. Yeah, yeah. They're they're willing. They're 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 at the point where they're like, all right, we've we've played Mister Nice Guy. Now let's we gotta play hardball. We need the staff. Yeah. Um. It's no good. We go back to Earth. A lot of a lot of flipping in this episode. Yeah. We go back to Earth. Um. And it's the it's the bridal shower. And Elias is all about playing the games. Yes. And thank goodness Maggie's answering those questions correctly. <laughs> um, did you have to do that? Did you have to answer questions like that when you I were getting get, married? I mean, I, I didn't go to a bridal shower. It's, you it's, did, well, did, did your wife have to answer questions like that? Did I don't they know, play honestly. games? I didn't. Yeah, um, you, should, you should ask. See if she. I don't think, that, I don't think they did. I think they, just, I think they just opened the presents. I would be so afraid. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because it's like a quiz and you're like, yeah, what if, I yeah. don't do well with test taking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like confrontations. Yeah. Obviously, her favorite color is grape. Like, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> you're like, close, not quite. No, <laughs> yeah. No, nope. Yeah. No. Blue. No yellow. No. Yes, exactly. Uh, her, 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 her favorite, her favorite animal is Iron Fist. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? what? I don't it's know. Not even a, That's not even. Trans a, monster. <laughs> it's not even a word. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's Miss Chenandler Bong. Mm. <laughs> um, and so, um, so Alex meets Maggie's dad. Yes, uh, Mr. Sawyer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 
and that goes over fairly well. He's yeah. kind of like he's really he's apprehensive, but he's really like he's he really seems to like be trying. I didn't know what to bring, so I brought this wine. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I really expected Alex, but great, let's open it now. I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, he was trying. It se- it seemed like he was, you know, he he was giving he was trying. He was trying real hard, um, and. He pulls out that there's that there's all those pictures of of little Alex. Oh, yep, and, and, he's and there's like, none of her because they got rid of all of Maggie's photos. So he right. pulls out the picture of her that's been in his wallet for like twenty years. Yeah, which is which is very sentimental. Yeah. Um, and and all of that's all of that's going well. Wynn and James are there because right. it was nice to have them in the episode for two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I sure hope a Win episode is coming soon because I, so. I miss him. I hope so. Um, and. And that's that's all leading that's all leading up to Alex and Maggie just giving each other a kiss, mm-hmm. and that's what sends Mister Sawyer over the edge. Sets him off. He can't he can't deal with it. He decides he can't deal with it, and he just walks out. Into which Maggie follows in turn. Him. And so, basically, the setup for what how he feels is he's upset because he worked tirelessly for acceptance. You know, mm-hmm. he 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 comes from. He he comes over the border and he works as hard as he can um, through degradation mm-hmm. to to build a life, to build a family, to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And and so his daughter being gay, he feels spits in that mm-hmm. work because mm-hmm. he worked so hard for his family to be accepted in a world in which in in, in which. We can be perceived. Some people can be perceived. Um, do not. Mm-hmm. I should not even perceive. Yeah. Some people. Some people do don't not accept everybody. Do yeah. not accept everybody. Right. Um, uh, particularly, it, particularly in America. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everywhere. Um, and so you know, he says they're building a wall to keep us out because to them we're just rapists. There's that jab. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, you know, to them we're just rapists and thieves and all of this stuff. And and you're not the work I did for acceptance is gone because you're gay and and, mm-hmm. and homosexuality isn't accepted mm-hmm. which i think is a really not great it's a really like, sort of warped view like you kind of have to bend yourself in some logical pretzels to get there do you believe but the the, the th- like it is the world in which he has known and yes. has seen yes so it's it's tough to blame him at right. at, at one point but it's also you know you got to turn on like you got to see what it's like now not through the like yeah. the glasses that you have put on right, right right exactly that's and that's what i'm saying why why it's so conflicting because he has these horrendous opinions but he has had a tough life and and those horrendous opinions are are in some part formed by his experiences mm-hmm. so it's so it's so it's just it's not a clean you can disagree with him and think those are and disavow those 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 uh, views and, and and things he had to say, but it's it's not a clean thing. It's not easy because it, it is like ah, oh, it's like it's an it's it's a it's just it's a messy messy thing, and that's how real people are. They're messy. Mm-hmm. They don't have always consistent opinions and and thoughts and viewpoints. There are things that are blatantly con- conflicting. Um, and I, I thought that was just really really well intricately written. Yeah, I agree. It's a little. Guess who's coming to dinner? Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever seen Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? No, but I know the 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 plot. The premise, so yeah. the for those who don't know, um, the premise is that there's this uh, 
this is wealthy wealthy white couple who's in the sixties. Daughter brings home Sidney Poitier, mm-hmm. um, and the the parents are basically like, ah, what do we do here? Because we're not racist. We don't necessarily care that she wants to marry uh, a black man. It's that what is that like? We're worried about the trouble that they're going to mm-hmm. face mm-hmm. in they're worried about the trouble that they're going to put themselves in by doing this yeah. so it's not like we like him he's great it's just he, other people that it's have a it's other people that have a problem and it's tough to like you understand that point that viewpoint but like you could do a guess who's coming to dinner with like with homosexuality yeah and in 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 somewhat in today and it's not that far off yeah depending on the depending on where depending on where depending on where you are right, right, right you know right, you right. come in you come to boston and people are like okay right but elsewhere and else. do but, you do you want do you want a cookie yeah you know <laughs> right but um, elsewhere not, maybe not as much not as much right. and i mean of course even it's not everybody everywhere you know you can no, call no. it a blue state or a red state or sure, whatever sure. but it's not everybody everywhere but um it's it's so I like I like the layered I like the layered uh quality that this yeah. that they brought to the Sawyer it's family. Very thought provoking. If nothing else, it's extremely thought provoking. Yeah. And it, it's it's uh, it's t- it's difficult to to write something that can be a touchy subject like this. Yeah. And for you to look at somebody's side and understand it and see why they're wrong, but to also understand where they're coming from. Right. Right. That's that's very difficult because he it could is. they could have very easily written like nope he just doesn't like him he's just and racist and he's bad in all the ways let me tell yeah, you yeah that's like, right yeah, yeah it's a double edged sword I tell you right, right um what a it's very is really job well done and mm-hmm. both of their acting like yes like really yeah. really solid those are that was intense mm-hmm. that, that seems intense yeah really solid um we go back to we go. Back to Mars, and and MJ tells us that you know he's he's praying. He says, "Ron Mir, Ron Mir tests us." You know, mm-hmm. like my God tests us. You mm-hmm, know, he, mm-hmm. you know, your faith has to be tested for it to be true. This is a very um to get um to get literary on you for a second. This is a very Milton idea that your your oh, values sure. your beliefs mean nothing unless they are tested right, right, so right you can say and believe in whatever you want but, but it, until you endure a trial by fire you don't you do not know mm-hmm. um and that's that's basically what mj is saying that um you like i've been tested for 200 years mm-hmm. this is my this is my crucible you know being being alone and now you have this white Martian who he thinks has claimed to be my son Mm -hmm. this is my Mm -hmm. ultimate test and I am holding strong so Kara basically convinces him to to open up just a little bit she's like you can tell I'm not a white Martian you know you you know I'm a crypto you know I'm Kryptonian I come from a dead planet you know and he's like "Mm, Krypton's not there anymore my planet is still here Mm -hmm. he's like Mm -hmm. Good point. <laughs> yeah, true, true. But listen up, just a little bit, and um, so Jean settles on this memory. They Martian mind meld, and Jean settles on this memory in which MJ comes home to surprise Jean on his birthday 
with Kim and Tanya, mm-hmm. which are names that still bother me to this they day. They just sound so human. It's, they sound too human. Even if they just said, like, Kim or right. Tanya. Yeah. Like, it looks like Jean at least sounds different than John. And right. It's like, gone sounds different. Right. Again. Yeah. But just Kim and Tanya are just like, they're just regular names. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Bothers me. But that's the that's the that's the bed that they've made. That's it. So that's okay. Um and and MJ believes this MJ believes this memory, this this happy memory, like you've come on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Cakes all around. Right. Right. So basically Jean proves to him that he's actually who he says he is by by mind melding and showing him this memory that they shared. Like, mm-hmm. listen, I could only know this if I was your son, right? I yep. brought you to our home, here's this memory. Now do you believe me? And between that and Kara's talk, yep. MJ is convinced. What I really liked about this is seeing Kara's reaction to Kara's reaction to Jean's children. Yeah, how was she seeing that memory? Some people asked on Twitter, and I don't know the answer to that. I, she wasn't mind melding with them, but uh, my understanding is that like their minds together create this kind of like dreamscape sequence sure. around them. I, that's I was kind of going with that. Like I created like a hologram that everyone could see. Oh, some some something kind like something like that. Yeah. They're on Mars. Science. That's science magic. Yeah. Anyway, um, Ron Mir, Ron Mir magic. Sure. Um, and so, but it's it's actually it's a good question because yeah, she's yeah. not really linked with them, right? Unless Sean is just linked with her right yeah, now. I yeah. Um, I, I take it as the more obvious thing. Well, actually, it was interesting about this. I didn't even really think about. It. So, um, Kara can breathe on Mars, no problem. True. True. Yeah. Like. No problem. No issue whatsoever. No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't, yeah, well, she can just be on she can Mars. Doesn't actually need the oxygen. Guess not. Crazy. Guess not. Nope. Well, all right, cool. Anyway, um, and of course, you know, she has her powers because same yellow sun as us. So that's right, a little further away. But yeah. it's also like, but it's a solar battery. It stores them for a true, while. So true, true. if she stayed on Mars too long, it would drain. It, but, yeah, yeah. You know, or she wouldn't be as powerful. Yeah, but, sure, sure. But she can hold like that. They, they they have not been there that long. Right. Yeah. Um, it's been a day. Not even a, a day. day. Yeah. Not even. It's about a few hours. So, um, so Supergirl. So they decide. So they are like, we. This is so. So MJ is like, this is where the staff is. Let's go get it. Um, and so, so Supergirl rolls rolls up in the car with Hit Me Baby one more time. So funny. Which is pretty. Which is pretty great. This is what I was alluding to the Doctor Who reference I saw online that okay people were saying this might be a slight Doctor Who reference because somebody rolls up in the. The TARDIS playing that song one time. I honestly, I don't know the show well enough to. I don't remember that, so mm. I will have to. I will have to look that it's up. It's about to the internet. Yeah, yeah. I watched better the internet. Uh, I'm sure that's true. Uh, I've watched all the modern Doctor Who, but it, there are so many episodes and, and so many details that I, I just I don't remember that. But I'm sure it's true. I'm sure it's true. I have never had a bigger crush on Melissa Benoist than I did watching this scene where she was doing the whole like lost like woman hitchhiking thing of like mm-hmm. now which way do I go like that whole thing. Yeah. I w- she was so funny. She was being so quippy and and irreverent to those white Martians. It was I was like, am I watching Spider Man or Supergirl? Like, you know what? You know she what's... was hysterical. You know what's crazy about that is that the first time we like the white Martians attack, the first time we ever see them on the show, it's a big deal when there's one of them, right? And that's fierce. So how far has she come to roll up to a bunch of white Martians and be like, "Sup?" Just mocking them. Mm-hmm. Just just like. Just completely mocking them, like ah, it was great. And and I I can we get into the the, the fight? That yeah, ensues? definitely. 
So I saw some comments online about the fight choreography not being the best. It was not great. There being some some pulled punches that were very obvious and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, those things don't stand out to me. I I when there I I have to be honest. When there's good fight choreography or bad fight choreography, I don't really notice. I I really don't. I'm I've I've never taken martial arts a day in my life. I've never done anything like that, so I don't have any frame of reference for that. It kind it, you know I I when I look for it, I'll notice it. But when I just watch it in the service level, I don't notice those things as much. I know sure. you do notice those things more than I do. Um, it depends. I mean, fight choreography is fight choreography. Like TV fight. It's choreography. Like obviously, they're not making real punches or whatever, um, but the way the the Martians are placed where they hit and the, like they're not even close to hitting them, and that's mm-hmm. what people are commenting on. The first punch that Supergirl throws is nowhere near the Martian. Mm, okay. It completely misses the Martian. You can her fist does not disappear behind any CG body. It she literally hits nothing mm, and the Martian okay. goes flying. Okay. And that hit that happens several times. Okay. I just I didn't notice. Yeah. I, didn't notice. I I people is people is easier because yeah, they're yeah. they're physically present to move around. Right. They're those people in that room are fighting nothing. Right. There's nothing for them to. They might be fighting somebody in like a green screen I don't, costume. Or maybe, maybe even that, but but there's there's no frame of reference right. for for most of for for that to, for that to happen. So it's almost I'm gonna say almost forgivable. But this is actually one of the things that I went ooh, Bad. and I okay. I never do that on this show. I know, I know, yeah, ever. And I I I, I watched it several times really? to be like maybe it's me maybe i'm in a wrong frame of mind <laughs> but it's sometimes the, sometimes they're right on and it was it was good when they were right on and but and it wasn't necessarily the core it wasn't the choreography it wasn't the way that they were um like what the fight i guess looked like g- generically speaking the way like people were flinging around and and using their powers or whatever all of that was great but but it was just the positioning of the CG characters versus the live action characters. That's what was something. Something was wrong in the way that it was filmed, mm-hmm. and they didn't have time to go back and fix it. So this was like a this is as best as we can do because we're on a okay. really tight schedule. Okay. Yeah. Um. Like so, she used her heat vision on one of them. Right. And I was like, oh, good, she did hit one. <laughs> like I can see they weren't just what? like it wasn't like a big conspiracy with the Martians or the White Martians. Like, oh no, you hit me. <laughs> oh, you Supergirl. You like me. you tricked me. Um. I I did like that there was a moment where she was she really did have to fight and like she got thrown around a bunch mm-hmm. and she you know looked like she might lose it for a moment I thought about uh, our buddy Dave who emails us sometimes and is always saying I really want to see Supergirl get her ass kicked for like he's always saying that I want to see her have to fight for it mm. um, I wonder Dave if you're listening I w- I'd love to hear what, what you thought about that fight because um, I, I I I hear you on that and I thought about you when I was watching it and I thought like I feel like this might be something he'd you know, she she'd have to struggle for it a little bit, and they are white Martians after all. Maybe not uh, enough. Maybe she didn't struggle enough relative to what we have seen of white Martians in the show before. But I, I like that they there was a little bit of a she had to she had to to work for it, and it yeah. wasn't just uh, she comes in and well, I mean that's that's a tricky that's tricky because like she technically she had to work for it last week too, you know. Against she, she got, yeah, she got yeah. flung around a bunch in that That's episode. True. She really That's did true. have she had to work on it. Yeah, and so, but there hasn't been. But she's getting better, right? You know, she's getting, a, better. she's getting better. She's been doing. She's been Supergirl for over two years now. 
So she's she's getting better at 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 her job. She's not struggling the way that she you know she used to. Even in those early fights, I'm thinking like like even Red Tornado. Right? Yeah, you know, that's the what I was only way of. that she won that fight is because of her solar flare. Right. Right, and she just she went nuclear. Right, and that was the only way that she could she could win that fight at that time. Um, so she's gotten better. She's gotten more confident, which is why she was pointing out the Brittany and and the attitude. Um, and she won out in the end. Yeah. Um, but it, her overconfidence could be her weakness at one mm, point, and maybe that's what Dave wants to see. And I, I, I mean, obviously she'll always win, but I, I would. It wouldn't. It would do her character well to remember that she still has to work at it. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think that may be a lesson we see this season. I guess. I guess we'll see. But I'm, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure it will be. Yeah. Um. So the resistance gets the staff. They defeat the White Marsons, but then they decide that you know what we're better than them, and if we use the staff, then is we're no we're we're not great. So it would almost be like the rebels, like not blowing up the death star, but being like, we'll just take it for our own yeah, and yeah. then just use the death star against them. I thought that was an interesting ending. Cause I'm like, wait, but then isn't the war just going to last longer and aren't more lives going to be lost? Sure is. But okay. Yeah. But they're, but they're better again. They're like so. again, like the rebellion could have infiltrated the death star, sure. killed Tarkin and been like this death star is ours now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But instead, they blow it up because that is the more responsible thing to do. We're going to win the right way, right. not the easy way. Now, they decided to hide the staff on Earth, right? Yeah, that seems like a bad idea. That seems like we're going to get a Martian invasion. Right. That's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. That's You're asking for trouble. And we got a white Martian sure, as co- president. Come so. and hide it on Earth where all the other things are buried. Yeah. We're just a big dumping ground. Bunch for of infinity stones. Yeah, right. <laughs> just come come to Earth. We're, we're, we're the galaxy's dumping ground yeah. for stuff. It's no big deal. Welcome to Earth. Population 7 billion. That's right. Um, um, blah, blah, blah. Maggie confronts her father. And, and she, she tells him off. Yeah, it's so well, though, I think. But she she comes to a revelation as she's talking to him. Yes. And you can see the way she transitions from, like, despair and anger into calmness, where she says, I don't need you anymore. I thought I did. I thought a part of me was missing. Um but I don't need anything from you. I am perfectly capable being who I am without you. She's at peace. She comes she comes to a peaceful a peaceful place, a sad place, but a peaceful place. And she did I just Floriana Lima again. Uh, this was I think her best acting in the whole episode. Mm-hmm. A, an episode full of amazing performances from her. I think this was the best one. Yes, I agree. Um this was I think the most Maggie centric episode we've ever had. Absolutely. And she absolutely crushed what they gave her. Um, to work with, and 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 she just she was absolutely amazing, and I'm so sad we're losing her. Only two episodes left. So sad. Actually, her last episode is the Kevin Smith episode. Oh, ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. He's good at that because he's, he's the fifth good at the episode stuff. So if she if if she's is she the first five episodes or is it five episodes of her? Do you know? Uh, I think it was the first five. Then she ends on the Kevin Smith one. I interesting. think. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Maggie still doesn't want to have kids. This is a very interesting conversation because it comes back and she's like, my not wanting to have children has nothing to do with my relationship with my parents. Yeah. It yeah. might a little, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, um, you know, she just doesn't see herself as a parent. Mm-hmm. That's not who she is. Right. Um, and sometimes it's better for people to, it, sometimes it's always better for people to know that. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's better than having a child and realizing, whoops. I mean, that we, I mean, we even as adults might go, oh, no, I'm not ready for kids yet or whatever. Sure, sure, but, sure. But that, you know, but there's a difference between saying, I'm not ready yet yes. versus, That's not I, I do not want to that do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I respect her for knowing that and being mm-hmm. firm about that and saying, like, I'm not just going to, like, have a kid because you want like I can't do that that would be wrong right for the kid for me for everybody and having a kid could actually change that but that's not a risk you really want to take right you know especially since like I feel like when you know you know exactly yeah. you know she says it's not really about her parents but I think there there's a fear in there like I don't want this and I don't want to repeat a kind of relationship that I have with my parents sure. for different reasons but you know it all comes down sure. to like absentee parents right right um, the real MVP of this episode is um, Maggie's unnamed aunt who just got a kid on her doorstep one day and guess yeah. I guess I'll raise I you this is it 14 now. year old right that's crazy she is the MVP of for sure. uh, of the Sawyer no family. doubt no doubt mm-hmm. um what I thought was very interesting is that after Jean and Kara come back to earth that they brought MJ with them yeah not what I was expecting and and so she's like, well, this was fun. Got to go and flies away. And he's like, wow, can everyone do that here? And John's like, nope, she's special. And I really wanted a beat where he was like, okay, bye. And, and he, he flies also away. flies away. <laughs> I was like, and he comes back. No, just, just kidding. kidding. Look, no, we can walk. Yeah. John, you have a car. You were just in it. I know. Drive home. So what is this like industrial place? Like, well, it's the safe place where he out. keeps his car the place where they ran into brian i think that time um it might, it might i think be. it was um same part of vancouver i loved uh when mj like there's like a weed in like the dirt and he picks it up and he's like what is this like he's just so like everything around him a green is thing like, whoa what it's green like me it's green everything green. is so foreign here um i thought that was i thought that was pretty cool i did too it was pretty cool it was a pretty good ending overall this episode, I, that is the end, right? That's, that's where we left off? Mm-hmm. There was no cliffhanger at the end. Um, you know, there was no sort of tease for next week or anything like, like we had this time. Um, last time, the tease of this episode, I mean. <clears throat> Overall, this was a fine episode. Um, yeah. There were amazing performances. There was a lot of heart, a lot of heartbreak. Um, there were some beautiful moments in it. Overall, though, complexity-wise, it was a very straightforward. There were two intertwining, very straightforward stories. I agree. Right? There was Maggie and Alex's story, mm-hmm. and there was Jean and Kara's story. Um, I felt like it was not overly complex. I don't mean that as a dig. It's just, it was it was, it was very straightforward. Um, so it felt a little bit like a season one episode in that way, where in season two, we were, we just kept, we couldn't believe how many stories were being weaved together and like season long arcs being uh, served while there were you know, A and B plots happening in an episode. Mm-hmm. This one, it was pretty much, it, it moved us a little closer to whatever Maggie and Alex's fate will be. But mm-hmm. but in general, it was a pretty straightforward episode where, where you know, some things happened, but it was basically two stories. It was, yeah, it was not, uh, it, it was not, it was not as dense as... It was not our, as dense. It was exactly. not as our first two it episodes. didn't have Lena's backstory happening. I missed Lena. I missed her this episode. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even I didn't necessarily realize it while I was watching it, and then like the episode was ended, I was like, ah, Lena wasn't in this I need episode. More Irish, yeah. yeah, I yeah. need more Irish in my coffee. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I do think it does set up a few things, like you said, it sets up that that dynamic, like the dynamic between Maggie and Alex, for you know, furthers that. 
that plot line. I'm most intrigued by the fact that Jean's father is on this planet. I know, and how long is he sticking around? Right, and where where would he go otherwise? What's he going to do? Are right. we going to get two Martians at the DEO? Right. Or he's like, you know what? I'm retired. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll we'll have to see. I have a question uh, but I, uh, about that, but it relates to the trailer, which I don't want to talk okay. about yeah, we'll wait. until okay. we do the wrap-up. So if you could do the wrap-up. Oh, well, I'd be happy to wrap things up because you can find us at SupergirlTVTalk.com. Um, and that is uh, where you'll find all these episodes. Um, you'll also find all the ways to, to follow us. Places like at TV Supergirl on Twitter, SupergirlTVTalk at gmail.com. Uh, you can also check us out on Apple Podcasts, uh, where you can leave us reviews and ratings. Uh, in fact, we have a specific review um, that someone was so kind as to leave us. You know, we, we really thrive on our reviews and ratings. Um, so if you would be so kind as to right now, take a moment and leave us a review and say how happy you are that Supergirl is back for season three. Uh, that would mean a whole, whole heck of a lot to us. Um because because we, we appreciate that but yes we do yes we do we appreciate it so much every time you leave a review a martian gets his human face good yeah good um i have one from akd george mm-hmm. says let the hilarity ensue five stars Ooh. i truly look forward to your podcast every week between the musical reference and the overabundance of comic knowledge keeps me coming back for more and more Thanks for your podcast, XOXO. Hugs and kisses, Frank. Oh, man. I didn't. I have a wife. I didn't make one musical reference this <laughs> whole episode. I thought one, You there was something about, I think it was on Mars with Dad, and you said no one no one has to be alone or no one is alone, and I thought of Into the Woods. No one oh, is alone. Nice. There you go. I made, one. I made one just because... They like the musical reference, so thank you. Solid. Thank you very much for that. You did the wrap-up, so shall I unpack the trailer? Please do. All right. Um, There's a cult coming. There's a cult coming to the show, and it looks pretty fun, I guess, if you like cults. (laughs) Um, So the episode is called The Faithful, and basically the concept is is being saved by a superhero a religious experience and are the, and the and can you treat um these heroes particularly supergirl or superman or whatever as your god because they have saved you in this particular way this is a really interesting que- it's a really interesting question um because you can compare these characters to the Moses figures or the yes. Christ figures or whatever yes. so i i hope that the episode tackles that that kind of I, I want to see it unpack that kind of thing and what does that do say for somebody like Kara who is in the process of rejecting her humanity right and only Kryptonian I'm not one of you I'm different I'm above you so can she see herself as this kind of god figure what will that do to her it doesn't seem like Kara's go-to style she's a little too humble for that mm-hmm. but you never know what's going to happen and what do people do in the name of a belief yeah um how dangerous that can be this could be a really interesting it could be a really interesting episode yeah um i feel like we, we, so we've seen this type of a story you know this kind of thing explored before in uh some superman stories and things where people treat him like a god or something i'll be very interested to see how she reacts to it um given where she is in her sort of journey right now. Um, 
I I think it, it's going to be an interesting. I, I think inherently she, you know, Supergirl reacts differently than Superman does to these type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like when she's in this state where she is, you know, um, sort of rejecting her humanity, uh, her human upbringing, um, it's a very very interesting time for her to be brought this kind of a challenge. So. I agree. I'm fascinated to see where we go with this. This this concept kind of reminded me. There's a Superman cover, um, Superman six fifty nine um, by Kurt Busiek. I'll send you the I'll send you the image so That'd you can great, post yeah. it. Um, it's Superman hovering above some people, and everyone all their hands are kind of outstretched to him. But instead of a cape, his the the cape are, are a pair of angel wings oh, and they're yeah. uh, red. And so it kind of reminds me of, you know, that can you see somebody, um, should you see somebody like, um, should you see somebody with these kind of yeah. extra normal powers in this, in this light yeah, or how yeah. dangerous can that be? Yeah. And it's something that, like Batman talks about that theme a lot about, you know, he's almost a God like that. that that's something that Superman's almost a God. That's a kind of a, a recurring theme in, in, in Superman lore. Um, I mean, Lex Luthor definitely talks about it, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it will be very interesting to see how Kara deals with that level I, of like attention and responsibility and everything else. Exactly. Well, what I thought was interesting is about, about MJ being on Earth now is that he is the religious leader of Mars or was the religious right. leader of Mars. And so now that he's there, can we go to MJ to talk about can, can we go to MJ to talk about right. generic faith things? Are we going to pull on that? Are we going to be able to pull on that cord a little bit? Sure. Um, because with that source is a different, different religion or different whatever. But, you know, it's still an interesting concept. And I wonder if we're going to see more of Carl Lumbly that way. Even next episode. Even next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I'm really curious to see where we're going to go with that. So that's what you were wondering about, mm-hmm. about that character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am very, very curious as to because i wasn't anticipating this long of a stay for him sure um so yeah i mean uh, we may never see him again either so who knows that would be that would be a really big loose thread to just leave hanging but i guess you're right it's possible yeah it's possible well we did it we did it another episode another fantastic episode in the can uh and uh it's all it's all thanks to you guys so thank you so much for listening until next time up up and away